the expected harvest will be because of maybe a season of drought or some serious conditions within the soil. But even that, there will still be something that will come up. Something will still come up, though that might not be the desirable outcome. This tells us that as long as we are in sync with the Spirit of God, there is a great possibility for the children of God to bear so much fruits. Hallelujah. Say, I'm bearing fruits. I'm bearing fruits. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So we'll go through the scriptures and then see a few areas and how uh, the Lord can help us to be very consistent in our journey. Praise God. Our journey is, first and foremost, a faith walk. Amen. It's a faith life and a faith walk. You can also call it a spirit life and then a spirit walk. Hallelujah. So when it comes to the spirit life, everybody seated here, once you have your faith rooted and grounded in the Lord Jesus, the life has been deposited into your being. Hallelujah. The seed of his word or the seed of our God is deposited into you. That makes you live a victorious Christian life. Praise God. So as long as the seed of God is present within you, what the child of God is supposed to experience is fruitfulness. What a child of God is supposed to experience, they are outcomes of that seed, which is righteousness, which is peace, which is joy in the Holy Ghost. You can also put it this way, as long as the seed of the Spirit is present within us, and as long as we have become fertile grounds for the maturing of this seed, we will always be fruitful. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, tell, tell, tell your neighbor that you must bear fruits. Look into the eyes of your neighbor and tell them that this year, I must see the fruits of the Spirit at work in your life. This year, I must see Jesus in you. This year, let me know the Spirit of God your life. Hallelujah. You can say, so help me God. So help you God. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. So we are supposed to bear forth fruits. We are supposed to bear forth fruits. When when believers fail to grow, you realize that many things spring up. And failure to grow means that we are very inconsistent with the word of God. Because it's the word of God that feeds us. Hallelujah. I've established the fact that there is a kind of meal or there is a kind of food that was served in the garden. Hallelujah. And the food that was served in the garden has a direct connection 
to death, to wastefulness, to curses. Hallelujah. And then there is another food, which is the Lord's food. When served, produces life. It produces what? Life. It produces life. So in this season of our life, we should be very mindful of what we eat. Hallelujah. What you eat. I'm not even talking about your fiscal meal. I think fiscally, many of us already understand. No, nobody would just, uh, if you know that this food is prepared closer to uh, a place that is uh, very dirty. I mean, nobody will eat. Many of the foods that we eat, they are actually prepared for a very, very bad environment. But because we do not see, we are able to eat. Or if you see it, you wouldn't want to want to eat unless your, your level of hygiene or or you don't care, unless you don't care. And that also is a sign that probably you are not growing or you do not know the consequences of what you're doing. Hallelujah. So we should be very, very mindful of the food that we eat or the water that we drink, spiritually speaking, because this can have positive effects or negative effects on our, on our lives. We need to be consistent with what we call the word of the Lord. Amen. So in the garden, it's established that there were many voices. We could hear the voice of Adam. The voice of Eve was there. We could also see the voice of the serpent. And we could also see the voice of the Lord. Hallelujah. Walking in the garden. But the kind of voice that you intertwine with will show the kind of outcome. Are you here with me? Say the voice of the Lord. The voice of the Lord. And the voice of the serpent. And the voice of the serpent. When you go into the roots, or you want to go into the depths of the language. You realize that the nature of of these words, or these words written by the prophets, they are highly prophetic in nature, or they are very poetic. Most of the poets, or most of the prophets, were they spoke like poets. Hallelujah. So, as Kobe is speaking, you can imagine all these powerful words. These are these are amazing words, poetic language, displaying the beauty. And the glory of our God in Christ. Amen. So uh, our prophets were like poets. They were very, 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 very inspirational. And when you go deeply into it, they had a lot of uh, word plays. But we are not able to really see it in our in our language because of the translation. Hallelujah. And uh, each of the ancient writings is such that words are connected to words. So you can look at the nature of a thing and then you can tell what it is connected to and you can tell what its outcome is. Are you with me? It's just like the, the closest thing I can liken it to is how maybe we want to find the etymology of words and 
So you pick the word, you try to find maybe its Latin roots, try to connect it a little to make meaning in our English language. Or maybe you can see maybe a Greek word and then you trace and trace and trace and you find its English word that it gives you deeper understanding. So the, the ancient languages in which these words were spoken, they were very, very clear and if one should have the opportunity to learn these languages or to sit under a tutor, you realize that the words are really connected. So you can see that, for instance, if you have maybe a serpent appearing, then you see the word maybe nakedness. Then you see the word maybe curse or maybe death. When you go deeply into the word, you realize that they have a common root word. Hallelujah. This is not for us to go into the details of it, but I'm just giving you an idea of the kind of choices that we make and how it is connected. Hallelujah. So you realize that lust is connected to nakedness. Nakedness is connected to uh, falling. Falling connected to what curses. Do you get it? When you go into the root words, you realize that it's basically a development of the words. Amen. Am I making sense? So in the same manner, for instance, you can talk about our Lord Jesus and how his name is connected to salvation. Hallelujah. And how his name is connected to truth. How his name is connected to grace. And how his name is connected to full of glory. How his name is connected to the anointed. Hallelujah. And see that connection throughout the scriptures. So we need to be very, very mindful of these things so that as children of God, we will be very, very discerning when we are pursuing a certain path. Hallelujah. We should be able to forecast or by the spirit of revelation, we should be able to see in our mind's eye the outcome of the choices that we make. Amen. This year, we is a season that we need to really be very, very, very consistent. Hallelujah. So, uh, we'll look at the example of the way of the fathers, which I started teaching uh, a few days ago. Uh, the, the fathers or the heroes of faith, which I started teaching, and basically, I think we enumerated all those things I'll mention them again. Then we'll look at the principle of operation of uh, God in a state of chaos or in a state of nothingness and how he brought everything into being and still ensure that all these things were consistent with what he wanted to actually create. Hallelujah. Amen. So in Genesis 1 I think everybody can quote it here. It says that in the beginning God created the heaven and this was the earth. The heaven and the earth. And then the earth was without form and void. Or another version will say that, and the earth became formless, or the earth became void. I've already explained that usually with some of these, there are different schools of thought. So depending on the schools of thought that you subscribe to, it will actually affect your interpretation 
of the word. Hallelujah. Some will say that, oh, why is it that God has created? So if God says that he has created, that means everything was already in a state of, of perfection. So if everything is in a state of perfection, then why now the emergence of what we call um, emptiness in that which God has created? Or how come that which God has created all of a sudden became chaotic? Hallelujah. And everything seems to be mixed up. It brings in a whole lot of theological uh, debates, but that is not our uh, center uh, of uh, focus now. What I just want us to see is how God brought solution or how God brought his word into being. Hallelujah. So Bible said all things were made by without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of man. So some will say that okay the two beginnings are likely to be the same. Uh, others will also say they go back to differ. One will say that John was talking about the beginning of the beginnings and that the beginning before the beginning. Hallelujah. And then uh, one will say that Moses was talking about the beginning of uh, creation. Hallelujah. But all the same, we understand that both the things which are made, which we see, which we do not see, they were all made by the word of God. Remember the scripture, right? So, the things being visible or invisible, they are all made through the word of God. So, that shouldn't really be uh, a point of, of debate for all of us. But then, it takes us to the place where we realize that God appears on the scene. And then we can see the spirit of God in motion. The Bible says that he moved upon the face of the the waters, and as we call it, the people. And then we realize that what then was uh, darkness. The scene was described as chaotic darkness and then uh, confusion that you can think about. But all the same, the Spirit of God was present. Hallelujah. So now, the Lord started to do arrangements. Praise God. Hallelujah. So what we call the world, the world is actually an arrangement. Say the world is an arrangement. The world is an arrangement. So it's actually an arrangement. So what we say the cosmos, like the, the physical world, it's God's design. You understand? God's design. And we can see that how God actually designed all the things. And then later he even designed uh, the garden which uh, every time permit we will talk about the later on. So the first thing that the Lord did was to bring out light. Hallelujah. Light. Light. Open your books to Genesis 1. Genesis 1. So we are looking at the God process. Hallelujah. Amen. The God process. Maybe when it comes to issues related to uh, creation theories, then we might go deeply into that. Uh, 
that will be for another time. Okay. So Genesis 1 says that in the beginning, God created the heaven earth, and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters and God said let there be light hallelujah and God said let there be light and there was what light and God saw the light that it was good. And then God divided the light from the darkness. Hallelujah. So this is before the appearance of uh, the physical light that you can imagine. You know, uh, later you see uh, a few verses down, you see where God actually created the greater light uh, to rule the day and then the lesser light to rule uh, the night. And these uh, physical lights the the skies or the firmaments they were supposed to teach us about time so the times the seasons hallelujah and we think and I think in geography you learned about it so you know how uh, the revolution of the earth results in the seasons that we have so in certain parts of the world, uh, we, we experience just the rainy season and then, then how do we call it, uh, the dry season. But other parts of the world, uh, they experience different, different seasons. And I think you can you can testify to that. So it's all because of the revolution of the end. And then based on the rotation of the end, we can also see uh, how the sun can appear at one particular point in certain regions of the earth and then how the moon will appear at other regions of the earth so it regulates uh, the day and night thing and then uh, and then the seasons hallelujah and before all that came there was already day and night amen am i making sense there was already day and night meaning that uh, the physical things that we see or what we use as uh, judgment for the physical things is not really the way God sees things. We base our day and night on whether you have light here or whatever. So there's a time when everybody has to go, go to sleep because you need to get rest. Unless you are the nature of work demands that uh, you are on shift. I mean that one, you don't even work all the time. You work according to the shift systems. Amen. So what did God do? Let's go. So first of all, he called out the light. And remember, I've already quoted that he is the light that lights up every man that comes into the world. And this is the first light that actually marked the seasons and the days. So this is what he says. And God said, let there be light and there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. Then he divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light what? Day. Amen. And the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. So you see that evening and morning came when 
when again there was no physical and white coming. Physical sign or whatever. What is it trying to tell us? Because if you're talking to the ordinary man, when you talk about sun or when you talk about light, the sun is what comes into the mind. But the scripture is giving us a clue here that there is actually a light, a kind of light out of which all things come out of. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So you can see that when you look at Jesus' conversations in his days, almost everything that he pointed out was was concerned like things that were before. For so for instance, you are talking about Abraham. Then it's like before Abraham was I am. Then you are talking about Jacob. The woman who asked that are you are you greater than my father Jacob? Then he started speaking. You, you, are, you have no idea of the work that I can give to you. The man that was thirsty, that was actually initially waiting for his food to come, his meat to come, and then needed water to drink, or let's say if it was an opportunity for him to minister. The woman said that ah, you do not have a water or you don't have a, a bucket to draw out the water from the woman. And we have no dealings with you. So if we have no dealings with you, why do you then ask me for a cup or a bucket to actually fetch? Amen. So what did Jesus say? Jesus all of a sudden drew her attention to the fact that drew her attention to the fact that there is a kind of water that he has. And the kind of water that he has, if he gives you that water, you wouldn't test anymore. So Jesus talks about things that were way beyond or way before us. Hallelujah. Are you here with me? He speaks about things that were way beyond and way before us. So there in the story, we know we know about how he gave a little word of knowledge to, to the woman. And then the woman was so surprised. And then the woman perceived that surely then it means that you are a prophet. Hallelujah. Then all of a sudden, the woman went to call everybody that come and see a man. That has told me every detail of my life. Hallelujah. Why? Because there's some water beyond the water. Mm. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So there's water beyond the waters. There's light beyond the lights. Are you here with me? And even when you look at the creation story, uh, I'll give you an assignment. Go back, read Genesis 1, Genesis 2, and then Genesis 3, just to have a good idea of the whole account. You realize that after the Lord created, Amen. You realize that after the Lord created everything, after he has given all this account, where we are reading right now, we will not read everything so that we can close. Okay. 
later we realize that is that all these seeds and herbs and things that we thought the Lord had created is that none of these things has actually what come up why because the Lord had not sent rain upon the earth or there was no mist or how do I call it so actually water there so what so then what dimension was God actually operating in? Hallelujah. I hear, I'm trying to teach you a principle. So it means that God was actually in a certain dimension. You read all of these things. Then later, he says that none of these things had appeared. So the things that he said he saw, it was good. None actually what? Appeared. None had actually appeared. This can take us into a whole lot of things concerning evolutionist and creationist uh, theory. But consider the answers are clearly in the scriptures. Hallelujah. We are not supposed to even be confused if you critically study the, the word of God. But just that sometimes because of our inclinations, we we try to lean onto a theory. A theory that we have heard of. Or maybe we've decided to take a position on the matter. So now that position on the matter is influencing our interpretation of scripture. But if any man will be open-minded and receive guidance from the Spirit of God, you realize that some of these little little misunderstandings that we are having, I mean we can clearly sort, sort it out in scripture. But nobody wants to submit one to the other. Everybody wants to display that okay, I am a master of my my field. Uh, leave this. I am. I am a Christianist. I'm a Christianist. I'm this and that. We are just not making the word of God interesting. Hallelujah. Amen. He said he had not sent rain upon yet. Even when it came to the creation of man, I think that one everybody knows. So after he said he had created man and all, he rested and everything. Later, later. Now we can't tell which day. Later we are seeing that and now God formed man out of the dust of the earth. And now he breathed into man the breath of life. Hallelujah. Amen. And then he became a living soul. What point am I trying to? I'm trying to say that before anything actually comes into being. Amen. Amen. We have to start a baby church. Baby church. We have to start a baby church this year. Hallelujah. We have to start a baby church. Okay. So all these things were spoken about. Saw it in his mind. But what are the steps there? Before you move into any project or before you pursue any path, you must first of all have insight. You can call it revelation. Hallelujah. And revelation, things are revealed by light. Hallelujah. So is the number one reason 
Hallelujah. Is the number one reason why God brought the light. Amen. And John established it clearly that without this thing called the word, all the things that are made, none of them would have been made. I get You see, there's an advantage that you have when you stick to the word. Hallelujah. And many of us, we are not tapped into the full potential of the word. We have only used the word just for our spirituality and we have neglected other areas of our lives, taking it into our own hands. Can we reverse that mentality? All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of man. Can we have a people that will be so connected to the Lord, that will be so consistent in their walk with God to the point that they begin to receive so much from the Lord. Can we have a people with a different mindset? Because look, you know, when you look through the scriptures, what did we see of the impact of the men that walk with God? I'm not talking about copying the the signs with question marks. I'm talking about copying the good things that were in the word. Look at the life of Abraham. Look at the life of Isaac. Look at the life of Jacob. Look at the life of Joseph. Look at the life of Moses. Look at the life of Daniel. Look at the life of Solomon. Hallelujah. How can the man be filled with so much wisdom? As I said, we are copying the good side. How can a man be filled with so much wisdom? There is that aspect of us I think many of us have not really explored. And Jesus has been trying to communicate. Concerning the things that should be prioritized. But because of the insecurities of men, I don't even know why we call it insecurities. The insecurities of men. Okay, what, what would I eat or how would I take care of myself? Jesus didn't tell you to be lazy. You understand, if he say that, let's say, serve me or follow this path or follow me and I'll make you fishes of men. He's not telling you that, okay, leave everything that that is making your life comfortable. No, that's not the point that he's trying to make you. The central thing 
of his conversations with the people is that make them the priority. Hallelujah. Make me what? A priority. And this thing was so serious to the point that, you know, when Jesus speaks, it, it looks like his extreme. Imagine how you love your father, you love your mother, you love your siblings, you love maybe your work, you love everything, and then he makes statements like, I should still be the number one. Where from this I should still be the number one. Not to know that there is a burden. Many people can still not make him the number one. It has a burden. He didn't call you to come and make you or to come in. Maybe give you a certain state. He said, just make me number one. He has shown us in his word, all things will be better. To those of you that are doubting, let me prove to you that you have not doubted. The fact that you didn't come to church to come and pray certain praise shows that you still know that he is the source. Though that is not supposed to be the goal. Do you understand? I, I get what I'm trying to bring your mind to something. So for instance, people come to church, they are praying for the favor of God. They are praying for the blessings of God. They are praying that, and we know that other, a lot of people have what you are actually saying that it will show that the favor of God is upon your life. A lot of people, they have them without necessarily being Or the only explanation you give is that, oh, uh, because you are a child of God, persecution, persecution is coming your way. It makes you feel comfortable a little. But the truth of the matter is that uh, you still do believe that answers concerning your needs have come from Him. In the book of Genesis, he revealed to us that when we heed to his voice, his authentic voice, we are going to have life and we are going to be clothed with glory. Amen. So meaning that the clothing or in our fundamental needs, what we say that what you have to what, have what food, Put to it and then close to one. Close to one. So in the book of Genesis, there's life. And not just life, but then one that heeds to the voice. There is fellowship. And there is the clothing of glory. Amen. So is the reason why when you look into Romans. Romans chapter 3. He speaks about the fall of men. So we say that for all 
For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof your eyes shall be opened. He's exposing them to last. And ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when a woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took up the fruits thereof, and did eat, and gave us all to her husband with her. And he did eat. Then what happened? They saw them again. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. Hallelujah. So as I was saying from the beginning, I was telling you that there is a connection. When you are consistent with something, there is a connection with it. And you see how all the words are actually connected. So here, you see how the serpent beguiled. So now the beguiling led toward nakedness. And then the nakedness led toward cursing. I leave that to you to go and do your steps. Amen. Amen. And then what did they do? They now sowed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons, meaning that the clothing or what actually covered was now missing. And the Lord God called. Okay, and they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto them, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden. So, I heard thy voice. Say, I have the ability to hear. I have the ability to hear. Amen. One of the key things we see in the creation, first of all, I said you need light. Do you understand? You need light. Light is revelation. So before God made everything, He brought light into being. He called light into being. And we knew that it wasn't the sun, it wasn't any of those things. But it was revelational light. The light that He's going to use to light up everything. Okay. Then, after God lighted everything up, what did He do? Now He moved into the place of separations. So first of all, we saw that he separated light and then darkness. Hallelujah. Then he called what? Light day. Then he called darkness night. Then evening morning came. Amen. So, the Lord revealed his skill of what? Separations. Amen. How to actually separate and how to this I'll call discernment. Praise God. So here, now in this same chapter 3, we are seeing that there was a voice there, the voice of the serpent. And immediately after the serpent has caused all the havoc, now Adam is saying, like, I heard, I heard your voice walking in the garden, and then I hid myself among the trees because I was afraid or I was I was naked. Still the ability to hear, but you can see. The two results. So now, how come someone that was in sync with God, someone that was in sync with God and could hear the Lord, could commune with the Lord, all of a sudden make a decision that will now make him afraid. Or that will make him all of a sudden feel condemned. 
when the Lord has not even has not even uh, judged anything yet. So, as a child of God, if you want to see yourself move to the next level of life, you should be able to separate the voices. Hallelujah! The voice of the Lord will lead to life and will lead to glory. The voice of the serpent aroused their love, their lust. How do you know when someone is aroused? If you are aroused, how? Praise God. How many of you out know what, what it means to be aroused? Uh, kids, your English explain to us uh, aroused. <laughs> or we should explain to you. Listen, you said that you're excited uh, towards something. In this, there's an inner equality. It's being sexual. Okay, okay, I didn't say it, but what, what does it mean to be sexually aroused? <laughs> Married people here. This is what married people. 
the goal is not to. You, you said your motive is not to oh maybe have sex. But then you start getting aroused little by little through touchings and fondlings and uh, kissings and deep kisses. What, 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 what do you expect? What do you expect? You get to a point when it is not your intention. You want to complete what you started. I get with me. That is how enticing it can be. My son, when sin has enticed him, consent element. Hallelujah. It's one of the ways to actually escape. How can a young man keep his way pure? Hallelujah. You need to take heed to God's words. And I went and I hid it in my heart that I may not sin against thee. Hallelujah. Amen. So, it means that the object of your last should only be God. <laughs> Hallelujah. The moment it is not God and it is something else, it actually becomes last. And the dangers of it is that it leads to what? Condemnation. It leads to what? Death. Hallelujah. And it leads to uh, the consequences of all this. It is the reason why, as a young man, you need to be mindful of what you entertain. Sorry, I'm saying, let me say, a young person, because you are ladies here too. As a young man or a young woman, you need to be mindful of what you entertain. Hallelujah. And sometimes you might not see the end of it from the onset. Oh, I'm just having fun. That's the goal. And because it's also the feeling is good. What did the woman say? He said, It is good to behold and it is good to taste for food. Hallelujah. The feeling can be good, but the consequences is very, very injurious. Amen. Hallelujah. And you realize that. In my little conversations with, with, with men, you realize that many men sometimes want to fool around. Are you here with me? Please give me the thing. Many men, many men like to fool around. Hallelujah. And they do not consider the consequences of their actions. But you know what happens? Initially, it is just fun. Oh, fun, I'm just having fun. And some can only even say that, oh, me, even if I should marry a wife, my wife should know that I'll cheat. You, do, you, do you know there are people like that? Or oh, you don't know? Okay, I'm, I'm now telling you. No, I need to, then maybe you don't know. There are, there are, there are, there are people that have made up their mind that oh it doesn't matter it's just it's just sex like it's just some things. so they keep on feeding on the other and not to even go to the spiritual side of of things the consequences and all that but just the physical side alone we, we can tell so much about its effects hallelujah 
So let's be very, very mindful of what you entertain us as a pastor. Because it can be damaging and injurious to your spiritual health. Hallelujah. The moment they entertained last, what happened? How did James put it? He said, if a man is tempted, he shouldn't say that uh, it is uh, God that is bringing the temptation and all. It is God that is causing them. He said, if a man is tempted, he is tempted by his own lustful desires. So many of the reasons why we go into all sorts of things is because of our own lustful desires. So some have a great lust for money. So last, last is like uncontrolled fires. So it's like as you get yourself aroused, you want to complete what you started. Do you understand? So now a man can be so aroused with the mindset of trying to make money. Hallelujah. And that will be at the detriment of his health, at the detriment of his uh, ministry, if maybe you are you are into the work of the ministry. So he says that many have pierced themselves with great sorrows because they tried to chase or last after, after riches. Do you understand? So in the physical world, there are those that they meditate on the idea of riches. Oh, how I want to be rich. And they are just thinking about the possibilities in their lives that can actually make them wealthy. So as they imagine, as they think about this thing, as they imagine, they keep on imagining, imagining, imagining. It gets to the point now, they, they, they get to a place of no return. They tell themselves that whatever it takes for me. Because how can someone send his own child? Or how can someone catch a child of another person and say that I'm going to use as a human sacrifice? What will cause a man to get to that place? How can a man, or even at the, at, at the expense of his own life, I've heard certain crazy stories where they will tell they tell you that okay, let's let, let's look, you get the money, but let's look at the number of years you give, then you'll make a foul. A foul come and pick the number of what? <laughs> grains. Maybe base grains or, or the so the number of grains that they the this thing, the foul pick. If you are lucky, it picks two <laughs> or three, that means you are with three years to you. I know another one. Where is that one? They put something in the midst of a in the middle portion of a car. Eight on the road. And a cow will pass through. And how the cow will pass through, that will be the way you die. People don't mind. They go to the extent of and yes, you are seeing that you are being told that okay, this is the way you know, but then the last because you want to fulfill it, you know, you are telling yourself, look, even if I will die rich. If I'll die, if I'll get money and die one year time, I'll still do. Now, that means your attention has been shifted from valuing even life itself. This is how it lasts the prince. So that's why the scriptures, as a child of God, or I say, as a man of God, you are one to flee youthful last. It's like you have to flee. You don't, you don't, you don't have to say that okay, you are praying 
or you are there. Like, okay, let's let's be there. Nothing will happen. That gets to a point where you don't think your mind will just close. The only sign of repentance will come to you after you are done with the action. Hallelujah. And then you, your thoughts will tell you how it, it, it happened exactly. It's because you were in Hallelujah. Anything that has to do with lust, which the serpent symbolizes, you realize that it ended up in nakedness loss of glory and what curses and death hallelujah he said if you should eat of this this same day you shall surely die you shall surely die and it's exactly what happened maybe we'll look at it technically then we'll see that when i told that same day are you here with me yes sir why am i showing you i'm showing you things that are consistent with a certain kind of life by the serpentine desires. And I'm showing you the results that a man can obtain when a man is consistent with the voice of the Lord. Hallelujah. When a man is consistent with the voice of the Lord. And then I'm also showing you the way by which God also did his things. Hallelujah. He brought light and then after that, separations. Amen. That's why I said, as a child of God, if you really want to advance in the kingdom, you want to advance, make great strides in your spiritual life, you need to be able to bring separations. Understand the separation between light and darkness. Paul said that what has light gone to do with what? Darkness. He said, what has the spirit of Christ gone to do with the spirit of Belial. Hallelujah. It means that there is no connection. There is no connection between idolatry and uh, serving Christ. That says that be ye not unequally yoked. Hallelujah. Amen. Do you understand what an unequal yoke is? So for instance, in gardens or in, in farms, you can have two horses. Hallelujah. Similar sizes. And they are plowing the field. So two horses plowing the field. It's like it's a good one. Like if there's this effective weapon. And so there's consistency. But imagine you are having a small pool, then a big horse. And then you yoke them together. That is it's not an equal yoke, like it's an unequal yoke. You understand? Unequal. It's not equal because it's what uh, and then and what a horse. So it doesn't bring a very good balance. Either one will get wasted away, and one will feel. And have you have you ever seen when you are when a tall person and a, how do you call it uh, a short person? You are carrying a, a load that is heavy. I don't know whether you practically experienced that. If you don't take care, the weight will be on one person. Because maybe the, how big one person will raise the thing, and then, then the weight will just go and fall on the other person. Because your heights are not the same. Hallelujah. So one will get wasted away. 
one will get destroyed one will get messed up so you are instructed that we should not have we should not form this on equal yokes meaning that light and darkness cannot be at the same place idolatry and the worship of Christ cannot be one at the same place Christ and Belial wastefulness cannot be at the same place you cannot have prodigality and what is it what the other word if it's not prodigality it's what you cannot have frugality and prodigality at the same place oh today you are frugal today you are you are you 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 end up not having anything you end up getting wasted so a child of God needs a revelation of the spirit a child of God ought to be discerning so that you can be able to have separations between the voices you can also have enough light to know that which is right and that which is wrong and these are all signs of spiritual maturity what did he say concerning those that feed on, on the meat of God's word he said these are those that have their mental faculties they have their senses exercised to distinguish between God, that which is good and evil and how are they able to do that by reason of constant practice amen by reason of what constant practice so they have mastered the art of hearing the voice of the Lord they have mastered the art of walking in the light they have mastered the art of knowing what is last and what is what the love of God they are capable of differentiating peace and then it makes their walk with God to advance hallelujah I can see that my time is
available to us. And what you are consistent with has its results, has its consequences. If the pathway of lust is chosen, its path is lustful desires, sin, and then death. But if you choose the voice of the Lord, you realize that it is grace, it is truth, it is no condemnation, and it is the glory that covereth. that is in sync with the spirit follows the example of our father so before a project begins or before any path is taken illumination or revelation or insight from the spirit is sought and when light comes ability to discern and bring separation where needs be is activated. Hallelujah. It's activated. Hopefully, we'll continue with the rest later. I want us to pray to the Lord. Let's pray to the Lord, engage the Spirit of the Lord for light and revelation, illumination to your people in the year. That will be consistent with the voice of the Lord. That will be consistent with the voice of the Lord. That will be consistent with the voice of the Lord. That we will understand the ways of the Lord. That will flee away from lust. That will cling to the life of God. Life only. Life only. Whatever we are seeking through the path of lust, we realize that none of these things end up in life. It ends up rather in death. But when we break him first, 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 when we make him the priority, the priority, not the second voice, but the number one voice, our journey is exciting. Pray for illumination. Lord, direct my path this year. Lord, I need your light. Lord, I need your direction. Lord, I need your wisdom in the name of Jesus. Come, 
Jesus, 